Hello everybody and welcome back to Need More Info, a podcast exploring the worlds of movies, video games and TV shows. I'm your host Nate and today joining me again are hosts Chaz, Fergus and James. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, I'm pretty good, thanks. Been yeah. definitely been enjoying weather over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. it's been good. Um, had a friend's birthday recently, so that was fun. And uh, yeah, just enjoying the sun. Uh, yeah, same. Uh, I've been out in the sun and have watched the first series of The Good Place, finally. Oh, Cause... yay! You'll have to tell us about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, I came to that party as well, and I, I wanted to leave at like half eight, nine o'clock, and then I looked at the time, it was like half eleven, and ended up talking about Star Wars and so many other things till like that time, and I was like, yeah, that's the trap. That's the thing about daylight savings. I mean, I really like it, but you can, you know, look at the sun, it's like, oh, must be like, what, four or five, and it's suddenly half nine at night, you're like, oh. Yeah, very much so, very much so. It was uh, quite funny, but uh, go back to you there, Fergus. You saw the first season of The Good Place, right, people? Just want to cont- just want to preface here that all of us have seen The Good Place here, if I'm correct. Yes, we've all seen The Good Place. Uh, so there's going to probably be spoilers for the next couple of minutes, or at least the next minute. Fergus, mm. how did you find the season one of The Good Place? It's good. Um, okay. It is good. I don't see how they're going to sustain subsequent seasons because <laughs> i watched a couple of episodes into season two and it's just like it just keeps rebooting Keep you'll see you'll yeah, see going, they explore a lot of stuff it's it's um one of my favorite shows of the last i don't know 10 years or so it's they, they it's very unique and it explores a lot of stuff um i have to ask actually for the first season when you got about halfway through it were you thinking why what is it it's like quite generic were you thinking it was quite a generic like sitcom type thing uh, yeah sort of like mildly enjoyable this is quite nice they're all just sort of pottering around a village and everyone's you know there's i don't know yeah i it was enjoyable like i didn't want to stop watching it but like it was Fun little fact uh, for you, um, uh, Tahani, she's the main villain in the She-Hulk show. Oh, really? Yeah, playing a character called Titania. If you've seen the trailer for She-Hulk, she's the one with the the like the eight the seventies like wrestler outfit type costume. It's very trust me. We'll, we'll have some comments on the She-Hulk trailer. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, the reason I wanted to ask is because I remember watching the first season and thinking, why is it like such a stereotypical like sitcom like drama and all of this stuff they're supposed to be literally in heaven i i I was like is this on purpose like what's the deal here and then obviously yeah i feel like it very much was on purpose so i did like the fact that after i recommended it to you i I was just even going (laughs) just sitting there like yes continue chats continue embrace the show I I had those thoughts as well. I had those thoughts, the exact same thoughts as well. I think that's what's great about catching you off. And yeah, but uh, anyway, people, right? Let's uh, let's let's move on. But I'm really glad you. Well, I'm glad you like to fix. I'm really glad to see where you uh, like it even more with all the shows coming out. We're going to be talked about. But yes, people. Uh, last week we obviously gave you our lovely, lovely news segment we do every week, and then we moved on to which he did an amazing job. We had James's rotten quiz. 
uh, we'll definitely be uh, recalibrating that a little bit. Or maybe not recalibrating, but probably doing a different genre of a, or a different category next time. Instead of movies, we'll probably do video games. So Chaz Ch- Ch- is just smirking like, yeah, just give me a, a more I mean, I might chance. Actually, be able to, yeah, do some points on that'd be good. And uh, definitely get more people along for that. We'll uh, we'll definitely stick to three, uh, three different um, like sections. That way we can still power for it, and we'll have probably three people do it next time as well. <clears throat> but yes, uh, people. Obviously, you know, as you know, with uh, NMI here, we like to give you the news segment each week, and then we like to do a uh, topic segment after. But this week we will be doing something different yet again. We we all have now seen the movie. Everything, everywhere, all at once. A24's new multiverse movie. Uh, definitely hear our opinions on that in the second half of the show because we will be initially having a review section. So it'll be about five minutes of a review, five, ten minutes at most. And then we'll be getting into a nice spoiler discussion. Please note that we will be telling you that we will be going to the spoiler discussion afterwards um so no worries about there we won't be spoiling any of you in the initial review section we'll give our like initial out of tens and what our thoughts there but then we'll be doing a deep dive into the movie itself because i'm definitely looking forward to talking about this for sure but yes people right you now know what we're going to do we are now going to get into the movie section it seems we seem to be getting all the movie trailers this week we are going to be jumping into the movie section now with a. Uh, First of all, the Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning trailer has been released. Uh, This, obviously, someone actually described this very well. Tom Cruise is a a genre in in himself now when it comes to films. We're not going to spoil this trailer because James hasn't seen it. So he's avoiding the trailer. But uh, it's obviously, this is actually, actually, sorry, it's called Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Because they're actually filming the final two, as they've said mission impossible movies uh which with the subsequent one releasing uh with part one releasing next july and part two releasing in june in 2024 obviously returning tom cruise ving rames simon pegg rebecca ferguson vanessa kirby Haley atwell joining the cast and a, a whole bunch of other actors now i'm really looking forward to this film uh honestly the i don't know what the hell's gonna happen the fact that pra- practically everything in this film is practical is still insane to me and tom cruise pushes the limit but uh what do, what do, what are your guys uh, impressions of the trailer that you've seen without spoiling it for james um i, I lost track of the mission impossible storyline some time ago but watching the trailer it does look fun uh there's a lot of action you know explosions kung fu this sort of thing um a lot of it was filmed in the uk i believe um, I think this is a film where Tom Cruise had his car stolen in somewhere around Birmingham for one of I the think scenes. So yeah. This yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. I think this is where he had the train, the the, the train sequence where it flip, jumps off that cliff because that train actually goes off the cliff, and he, oh, right. he, he 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 actually goes off on the motorbike. There was, I believe there's a video of um, him going off a motorbike off the off a cliff, jumping off. He does that himself, and then the train going off the cliff as well is real and. Yeah, it's it's just insane to be honest. Jeez, that's mad. Uh, that's without spoiling too much. We don't know the context of that. Um, that's literally the only two things I really know about the trailer itself. Obviously, I do love the fact that these films are a general continuation of the story. Like, it's never just like separate stories. And I'm wondering if the last film will play out at all. Because obviously, we had Henry Cavill in the um or Cavill in the in the last movie. I thought he was brilliant with his uh pumping re- reloading his arms as he goes into a fight. 
Uh, if you've if you've seen so basically in uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, there's this bit in the trailer if you watch the trailer where he like reloads his arms essentially like, and uh, he does that on all, he did that on all the press tours for people and it's quite funny to be honest. But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that film. I uh, still can't believe they released the trailer now, even though it's not coming out in July. Even though I know this film was supposed to come out this year, but because of COVID, I believe it was mm. delayed. It was delayed. So we'll see where that goes. Definitely looking forward to that. Going on to the next trailer, which I think all of us are looking forward to if we've all seen the trailer, is Thor Love and Thunder, which honestly, this looks stunning. Like, absolutely. I think there's a reason why this movie is so colourful, and I think this trailer explains why. Like, if you've seen the trailer, basically, it finally gives us our first look at Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. And I know a bit about Gore the God Budger lore. Turns out he's actually connected to uh, Venom in some capacity, which is interesting. I don't think they're going to do that with this movie, but uh, I love the fact that uh, we got the, uh, quote, God Bod in this movie. I I really enjoy that quite a bit. Uh, I'm loving the fact that this movie goes extremely colorful to, like, black and white, which I think is is brilliant for this film. And, uh, yeah, what what, what do you guys think? Um, I think... uh... The design of the villain, obviously, that's the first time we. I think that's the first time we've seen him, right? Yes. Um, yeah, like that stood out to me. I don't know anything about the lore of that character, but uh, the design itself looks very cool. Um, apart from that, yeah, I mean, it for me, it felt like more of what I expect from that movie. Like, I think it's going to be fun. Um, you know, if it's anything like the, the previous one, I think it's the same director, right? Taika Waititi. Uh, yeah, Taika Waititi. Yeah. Yeah, I got a director right. Um, you know, his movies are good. It should be uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I just want to see more interactions with four of the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's what I'm looking forward to. So I've heard that they're not actually going to be in the movie that much. Like, I That's think they'll just be. I think, yeah, because I, yeah, I think they'll be there for like the training sequence, which I think is hilarious. Like, you know, and then they'll be going off to do their own thing. Yeah, they are conspicuously fairly absent from that trailer. They're not even, they're not in it much or at all, right? Uh, they're, they're, they're more in the teaser trailer, yeah. and I love that little when he leans into the camera, like you, the people you love, which I think's hilarious. Um, it's a great little meme there. I do love the fact that we got a lot more Natalie Portman in this trailer, and the fact that Thor literally has it pretty much to the day that she hasn't been in the movies which i think is cute and hilarious and also there's a little um uh thing in there which i love uh, i saw the image today uh when at the end of the trailer which i thought was hilarious zeus appears played by russell crowe decides to flick off thor's outfit to reveal what was underneath and he flicks a little bit too hard and he's buck ass naked and everyone just falls in love and literally passes out at the sight of god bod thor and uh if you look at his back in the trailer there's a huge rip loki tattoo on his back it's uh the loki's uh helmet and uh, it says rip loki and i'm that's really awesome to be honest um but yeah just going off the trailer though uh, i'm wondering how many people christian bale's gonna kill in this film because it seems like there's a huge council of gods and i'm wondering if he'll appear and slaughter a bunch and we're probably gonna get like a ton of gods in this movie that the because i know there's i don't know if it's fully confirmed but bast the god the the panther god from black panther is in this film so like it's linking to all that and but just the my big thing is the fact that the, i think the reason they've made this so colorful is because of the 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 the, the absence of color with gore the god butcher and like literally like those sequences in black and white and 
it, it does look really insane and he looks insanely powerful as well which i'm wondering if it's true like if it's him that destroys that planet or if that's a you know and, and uh, skipping over it because obviously marvel likes to play with us with their trailers they like to change things about i think that i wonder just from you mentioning that character um i wonder if they're setting him up to be like have roles beyond this movie um you know they could use a few more big villains to go across us you know several movies and if he is that powerful maybe we'll see him more who knows yeah definitely i, I definitely interested to see that but yeah uh just wrapping that up though i'm really looking forward to see where that goes that movie comes out on july 8th of this year which i cannot wait uh we are getting a ton of stuff uh, in the next few months which is going to be absolutely brilliant switching over to the next thing very briefly though they released the trailer for a movie called the gray man which is a Netflix action thriller movie coming out um, quite soon. It's based on a screenplay and a novel written by Mac Mark Gurney. I want to pronounce it's starring Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna De Ames, just Hammock, and a whole bunch of other actors. Um, the budget is two hundred million dollars. It's the most expensive movie Netflix has ever made. Um, it's basically uh, when the CIA's most skilled mercenaries caught Gentry, aka Sierra Six, accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets. He becomes targeted and is hunted around the world by a psychopathic former colleague, Lloyd, Lloyd Hansen, and international assassins. Uh, I think the reason I'm looking forward to this movie, I'm, I'm, I'm half and half with Ryan Gosling, is the fact that Chris Evans is playing the psychotic, sorry, the psychopathic former colleague, and he has a like, a like, a, he has like a nice little mustache, which you know is quite hilarious for Chris Evans to have. And uh, yeah, this, uh, this trailer, I'm just uh, really interested to see where it happens, and also comes out in July comes out july 22nd and it has a limited fear to release on july 15th so as i said they've released the initial trailer today people and uh, go check it out moving on to the final bit of movie news though we the uh, movie composer vangalis has passed away at the age of 79 obviously this man is famous for the academy award-winning score to chariots of fire as well as composing the scores to blade runner missing antarctica and the movie alexander which starred colin farrell uh obviously most of us here have probably seen a couple of maybe at least one of these films i think blade run is probably the movie that we've we've all seen uh i haven't seen to be honest with you, i've seen alexander i've not seen chariot to fire myself i think we all know the chariot of fire theme da, 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 um but yeah and no, obviously you know blade runner in itself is so synonymous with sci-fi geek culture that and you know and just hearing that composition is just astounding i actually did watch rewatch blade runner uh, in the last year and that score still really holds up to this day and that, that movie just still holds up in general but 79 is a good age though you know he 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 wasn't 80 but he got to a really good age and he had a career uh looking at his wikipedia spanning over 50 years and composed and performed more than 50 albums uh and he's considered one of the most important figures in the history of electronic music and modern film music so it's uh quite sad to see that um another composer's uh disappeared off this uh, world but he's leaving behind a very lovely collection of music for all for all time to be listened and remembered so that was vangalis passing away uh 17th of march 17th of may this year at age 79 switching over people to tv shows they seem to have revealed the stranger things episode lengths and we have a little discord that we talk on and i shared this with the group and they were quite shocked at the episode lengths that were actually getting people so uh this is going off of forbes now this is actually from Forbes people so on may 27th we are getting the first seven episodes of stranger things season four and then july 1st we're getting the final two 
So episode one is one hour 16. Episode two is an hour 15. You can see where I'm going with this. Episode three is an hour three, which is the shortest episode. Then it's an hour 17, an hour 14, an hour 13. And episode seven is longer than Deadpool, I believe. It's an hour and 38 minutes long. That's just the first part. It's ridiculous when we get to part two because episode eight is an hour and 25 minutes. And this is the ridiculous one. This is not a TV show anymore. Episode nine is two hours and 30 minutes long. Why didn't they just make it episode 10? Like, I don't understand. Um, at those lengths, you could release them uh, yearly in cinemas and do almost 20 years worth of... <laughs> I mean, they won't age you up, that's for sure. <laughs> I think that surprised me as well. I, I think I heard that this is not the last season as well, right? Yeah, right, so mate? this is, uh, I believe this is the penultimate season. This is like, they've, they've planned it out for five seasons. Yeah, so, you know, they're doing all these, like, crazy lengths of the episodes, and it's not even the last season. It feels like it would be. So I guess they're trying something different. Um, we'll see. When they've said, doing. yeah, so when they've said, like, you know, each episode roughly is $30 million a budget, you can kind of tell now, because that's, that's, you know, about the budget of Avengers Endgame. That which is insane mm. to me. Like you know, end game budget for a TV show is you know, mind you, it's much longer. You know, but obviously that comes out. The first seven episodes come out the same day as Obi One, so uh, that's uh, my weekend sorted pretty much. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to that because obviously we're getting the first two episodes of Obi One on Friday. You've got as enough hours as... in the day, dude. I am going to go into town, do my sociable time, and then come home and disappear from the world and watch all those TV shows. And uh, finish work and then come home and go, hello there, Obi-Wan. And uh, yes, uh, it's like a general Disney plush. Uh, but yes, people, obviously we're shifting on now to, we are now getting, it's finally confirmed that people have been wanting this for ages. We are now getting the Daredevil TV series. It's in the works. So it's actually confirmed to be coming back. And uh, I, I don't know if it's, um, if this is going to be a soft reboot or a reboot in itself, uh, obviously with much of the actors coming back. I'm hoping we have Foggy Nelson come back from the previous Netflix shows and pretty much all the cast. Because also there are rumours that Luke Cage and Jessica Jones might be coming back as well. Because there was a re recent picture of them also. But it seems that uh, sources uh, learned from Variety. This is from Variety. Learned from sources that Matt Corman, Chris Ord are attached to write and executive, executively produce the, the show. Uh, but the thing is that they declined to comment and Marvel Studios reps do not comment on projects in development. So we will see how that goes. I'm really looking forward to hopefully what happens with this because I really loved the Netflix show and I'm hoping if it is a soft reboot, they sort of continue it on a little bit. Uh, moving along now, people, to our final section is our game section. And um, it seems that PlayStation Plus is going to allow people to or developers to add uh, trophies to older video game titles. So it's been confirmed coming in from Ben Studios that the uh, Siphon Filter game will actually have new trophies on PlayStation Plus. Obviously, um, I believe this is a this is not like every game coming out on the original on the classic systems will have uh, trophies. I think it will be a case of you know developers will decide if they want to have it, which I think is absolutely incredible. And also for all those trophy hunters, that's absolutely insane. It's ridiculous to think to actually implement that. I would never have thought that, you know, my, I don't know, video games from Digimon World, the video game back on PlayStation 1. If that I came back, I have an achievement. I'd like to know how to play that game. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. 
Uh, obviously, uh, speaking of keeping in the PlayStation Plus realm, though, it seems that we are getting it's been, well, it's re- it's released now. It's officially released in Asia. Uh, but the people, the concern is though, people are thinking there is less games than expected uh, upon release. So my my thing with this is though is that this is obviously rolling out across the world. So you know, PS Plus Asia, I've got this initially, and maybe they're getting you know. Uh, the initial set of games and it's going to be bumped up as we go across the world and you know more games has to come out it's still a, a, a fuck ton of games so i'll be honest with you it's pretty pretty insane to us i'm scrolling through it now i'm having to scroll five or six times or maybe eight nine times just to get just to get on the uh ps plus extra list and also i've been looking at the pricing for this and working out the pricing and it, to be honest with you it's not actually that bad uh you pay £100 a year and you get the ultimate version of PlayStation Plus which includes all the PS3 streaming and kind of wish we still could have PlayStation 3 games without you know streaming on that just being able to have them but I know there's hardware issues uh going moving along though people moving along is we are the um Stalker video game Stalker 2 Heart of Chernobyl is back in production it's been announced that um GCS Game World uh developer um has come out and stated that the uh what was it here this coming from eurogamer uh, they tweeted uh is it tweet um sorry it, apologies uh Euro- Euro- ukraine-based studio gcs G- game world has reported confirmed that development of stalker 2 continues uh so this is pretty awesome uh it's since relocated to prague while the war in uh, ukraine continues uh, but we are now getting it seems that the game is back in development and we will see hopefully hear more news soon i loved the first stalker game i'll admit i never completed it myself but um i might go back to that eventually maybe they might do a re-release of the original who who knows but it's really nice to see game developers actually get to, get to continue doing what they love so i'm really looking forward to see where that goes in the future uh going a bit along though i've i never played this game but it seems that we may be getting a final fantasy 9 animated series announcement uh, this is coming from IGN. Uh, will, it's Final Fantasy animated series will be revealed at the Las Vegas Licensing Expo this week. Uh, so I'm really interested to see where this goes. I'm wondering. Um, oh, sorry. So it was an, it was announced last June. This is coming from IGN. And uh, yes, yeah, so it's currently in development. Uh, and it's aimed between kids age 8 to 13. The series itself... Uh, I believe there is an. Ep- I don't think there's an episode length that's been revealed yet. I can't see it here. But yeah, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this. You know, we're getting a Final Fantasy TV series after we've had the movies come out, and <laughs> and those were very interesting in themselves. No, no. I'm okay, well, of it, I don't know. I think you've got the three people who have have not played much Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I've played three and six. I mean, I've played. I've played the um, the remake of seven. So uh, that would be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, we will uh, we will see how that goes. I'm wondering how many more video. Obviously, we we if you've seen, we had a previous podcast episode where we actually delved into a ton of uh, video game adaptation properties, uh, what we'd like to see. And we discussed how many are actually in the works, which is really insane, to be honest, how many are actually in the works. I remember, Chaz, you went away and actually looked at the list and it was ridiculous. Yeah, way more than I thought. Um, it was slightly tough to pick um some of like my more i don't know more favorite stuff because a lot of it has already kind of been covered which is 
pretty cool to see. I remember saying at the time, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was pretty unusual and it's really blossomed now. So it's uh, still a nice thing to see. Yeah, definitely. Our final piece of uh, game news, people, uh, just before we came into the podcast, actually, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 release date has been announced. Obviously, you know, I think people expected this to be October, but it will be shipping on October 28th. Uh, the reveal actually came via tweet, and it seems that the reveal is going by IGN also. The Activision revealed the key art by putting it on an oversized version of the image on a shipping boat and having it docked combined in a, into a full image. Uh, features an operator with a skull mask, uh, but this is uh, more of a reboot version, so including the young green look. Uh, it looks pretty interesting. I think this is possibly meant to be Ghost from the series. I did enjoy the Modern Warfare remake. I'm wondering how they might change the second one up. Extremely tiny bit of news. I just that just really recently came in though. I just literally saw this. Samuel L. Jackson is joining Chris Pratt in the Garfield movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> but it's been directed by uh, Mark Dindal, who directed Chicken Little and Emperor's New Groove, and obviously Chris Pratt is in the titular role. And Samuel L. Jackson is joining the film. I don't believe it's confirmed who. Oh no. So um. So. Jackson will play a brand new character, Garfield's father, Vic. So Samuel L. Jackson is playing Chris Pratt's dad in this, uh, in this film, in, in, uh, in the voice, the voice. That'd be pretty interesting. So yeah, but that is it, people. That is our news section. That is our news. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, a spy's tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. And that was the news, people. That was the news. We are now going to get into our main topic which is actually a movie review for the recent released film everything everywhere all at once this is a 2022 american absurdist comedy drama a film directed by dan kwan and daniel shinert or also known as the daniels it's starring michelle yo stephanie hisu hope i pronounce these correctly ki hu kwan jenny slate harry schlum jr uh, james huang and jamie lee curtis uh, the plot follows a Chinese-American woman, Yo, being audited by the Internal Revenue Service, who discovers that she must connect with parallel universes versions of herself to prevent a powerful being from causing the destruction of the multiverse. Uh, this movie is a black comedy, sci-fi film, fantasy martial arts film, and animation. Uh, the film was actually supposed to uh, actually have Jackie Chan uh, in the role, was originally written for Jackie Chan, but the film, the lead role was later reworked and offered to Yo. Uh, this film... So, people, that's our initial um, tell you what the film is. But we, what we're going to do is for this. We are going to have a little bit of a, a breakdown for the movie. What we will do is we will give our initial thoughts of the movie. Uh, we will then, um, you know, do all our intros and what we feel. Uh, we'll do the, we've just done a bit of the cast. We'll do a bit of the crew, the box office, the budget. And then we will do a 30-second summary of what we believe, uh, how we feel about the film, including our ratings within that. At the end... Uh, we will then tell you that we are now going into a spoiler talk for the film, which will last about 20, 25 minutes at most. And then we'll just go into that. But we will forewarn you ahead of time. So don't worry about that if you just want to get the review, the initial review for the film. So, yeah, 
let's uh let's get through the initial uh information for this film though so this film had a budget of 25 million dollars it currently has a box office of 71.1 million dollars worldwide i believe um the uh box office uh, i believe it's the highest grossing a24 film now for um the production company a24 and i'm really looking forward to see where this goes it is a 95 percent uh about 286 critic reviews of positive on rotten tomatoes and it is generally you know it's it's highly regarded by many many people including doug who's currently not here today unfortunately couldn't record with us but Doug really, really did enjoy this film, and he gave some great uh, thoughts on that. Also, maybe we can go back to him in the future get his uh, his thoughts on that. But how do you guys feel about this film? Your initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I, I did very much enjoy it. It's very absurdist, um, which is great to be fair. It is definitely a multiverse of madness. This film, so it uses some similar it uses some similar mechanics to um, in terms of how to explore the multiverse to Doctor Strange two without giving away any spoilers. Um, but they actually kind of did a little bit more with those mechanics. It was a bit more interesting. Um, it definitely catches you out the film. Definitely goes in some very uh, unexpected directions, but has some really good themes throughout as well. So, yeah, um, really unique movie. Um, feels very dense from start to finish. I feel like that's deliberate. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later with the spoilers, perhaps. Um Really interesting creative premise. Um, I in particular really enjoyed the characters. I've heard a lot of people talk about um, the dad character, but I actually really like the main character. I feel like, um, you know, it's not something we see lately. You know, someone's middle-aged, female, unsuccessful, uh, just like, just different to what we're seeing. And, and seeing her kind of transform and grow throughout the film was uh, really endearing and, and good to watch. Um, Tonal-wise, felt very broad and varied. Um, I feel like sometimes it occasionally went a bit too wacky for me, um, but I think that it's almost trying to be like multiple genres, like it span that way. Like it's a very broad, ambitious film. Um, and yeah, uh, finally there was a lot of great action in there. Um, a lot of people have praised the fighting. Um, I liked the more, again, absurdist fighting that kind of happened towards the end of the movie. But yeah, really, really um, unique and fantastic film overall. Yeah, it's 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 a good film. It's a good film. It's it's very interesting in terms of its approach and how it does things, and um, see where it goes and how far it pushes it. Like you do end up in like some very interesting places for not a, well, not an insignificant period of time, and it um, very creative. Um, definitely very creative. They did a lot with. Um, it seems like an odd thing to say, but the costume department should probably be getting an award. I Absolutely, think. yeah. <laughs> Especially for the uh, the main antagonists, like some of some of um, their costumes, man, very cool. Yeah, it's an interesting concept, and I am glad to be watching a good, interesting movie where Benedict Cumberbatch won't turn up at the end and try and <laughs> fold it into the multiverse of madness. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely agree. So minus 40, I think uh, these guys pretty much covered it themselves. Uh, I think, yeah, this film visually is absolutely stunning. Uh, when I went into my screening, and I don't, uh, unless Chaz didn't see this himself, but we were forewarned that if you did have epilepsy of this film, so this is a forewarning from us, mm. do not go see this film because there is literally a 10 second sequence where it is just repeated. Even my eyes were starting to like 
going a bit out of it from just looking at it because it did it it was a bit much on the screen to be honest um yeah i thought i thought the main cast were absolutely brilliant we'll actually get into kihu kwan a little bit that's the uh, the man who played the father the father in the movie uh so he has a nice little uh, story about him returning to film actually from back in the old yeah you actually will recognize this actor from the 80s um so yeah, I, I thought this film was brilliant. I do agree with the Doctor Strange element. I thought the fact, I think this is a better movie than Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, which, again, people, I love my Marvel movies, but, you know, give me a film where it does something a bit different. I thought the fighting in this film was brilliant, but you're going to get that with Michelle Yeoh, because so, she's an amazing martial arts actress and just an amazing actress unto herself. I thought the main villain, we're not going to spoil the villain until we get to the spoiler section. I thought they were brilliant. Uh, going on uh, Fergus's point, uh, the costume department definitely deserves an Oscar, in my opinion. I I'd like to see a film top the outfits in this movie, especially the multitude of outfits in this movie. Um, I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was brilliant in this film as well. I thought she was hilarious in this film. She is she is actually cast, cast as a side character in this film. But uh, it does actually bring in a hilarious elements as well. But scenes with some animals in this film, weird as hell and a bit out there. But uh, we'll get into the spoiler section. I do want to mention that. Uh, but yeah, I just, I just, I think it, it's a very heartwarming story. I think as well. Like it has a, this film has a lot of heart. Like he, when you initially go into this film, you think it's just going to be a very like you know simple film at times, even though you know there's going to be tons of multiversal elements. But the the places it goes to and like what it deals with. The ending, the ending is actually quite, actually does have quite a simple ending. Like the, the, the actual narrative point of the end of the movie is quite simple. But to get to that point is very complex. And how they actually go through this film is actually amazing. But yeah, that's my initial thoughts. I was just going to say, like, the, the, the emotional core, like you said, um, the fact that they, I feel like they pulled it off at least with also the amount of crazy wackiness they put in the film i think that's quite impressive that they managed to pull all that together oh yeah no definitely i definitely agree like even even though this film does skip over different multiverses that's one to if you've seen the trailers it keeps it very coherent within the film you you never you're never lost within this film you you never know you never don't know where you are it also explains everything quite well to be honest like there's some very wacky elements within this movie to actually explain the multiverse and they are wacky but it, it is very interesting but yeah that is our that is our initial thoughts people so what we're going to do now is we're going to do a a nice little 30 second roundup of this film and then give our review uh, give our ratings for the film what i'm going to do is now i'm going to bring up a little 30 second timer for everyone the pressure the pressure people the pressure and uh, I'm going to uh, let's uh, let's start with Chaz and then we will go through. So, Chaz, I'm going to give you 30 seconds in three, two, one, go. Yeah, as I said, super creative film, amazing visuals, very dense, but with endearing characters and uh, really interesting action. Um, a little bit of tonal whiplash, which may take people out of it a little bit, but overall fantastic and one of the most unique things I've seen in years. What, what's your what's your uh, numerical rating? Sorry, nine out of ten. You you did that in twenty just over twenty seconds. So yeah. nice, right? So just over twenty seconds. So let's see what let's see what Fergus could do here. <laughs> right, twenty sec thirty seconds starting in three, two, one, go. Okay, an interesting creative film with great costumes. It's very interesting ideas. Um, not afraid to sort of indulge in its wackiness the characters are good the story's good you don't get lost um there's a lot of film references in it isn't there 
it, yeah, I, if you enjoy if you enjoy film, and yeah, you'll enjoy this film. In terms of number, I think solid eight. Okay, you just went over the thirty second mark, but we'll let you off. We'll let you off there. We'll <laughs> let you off. But yes, right, James. I'll let, I'll count you down in three, two, one, go. Sadist, ambitious, uh, goes in unexpected directions, does a lot with a concept. Eight and a half out of ten. Jesus Christ, I think James <laughs> gets it there with uh, eight seconds. <laughs> That's all you need. That is, all, that is all you need. Right, so people, I'm just going to count myself down. So uh, we are going in three, two, one. I think the main cast pulls off an extremely well performance here. I think the visual elements of this film is absolutely stunning. Forewarning again, if you have epilepsy, do not go see this film because you will not be able to get through this film without, have, without any medical issues. Uh, I think the budget is used really well, very cost effectively within this film. I think the setting is absolutely stunning. The villain is amazing and has an extremely heartfelt story. With a really simple but really interesting ending and a lovely, lovely film. I give it a 9 out of 10. That is uh, 28 seconds, people. 28 seconds. You understand it's done. Yeah, right, people. So just to give you a forewarning, we are now going to end our review section. So we've all given it roughly a 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10. So we'll give it an 8.5 out of 10 on um, uh, NMI. So that is our rating for this film. Uh, I notice Fergus is the one who brings our ratings down most of the time, actually. <laughs> what was it, the film that you gave a 6 out of 10 for, if I remember correctly? Uh, so the past two have been sevens. Uh, so this is better than. Oh yeah, the Batman. Yeah. So this is rated higher than the Batman and um, that one film that PlayStation made. Oh, Uncharted. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. That also people. Description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one film PlayStation made that one time. <laughs> it it was the Batman you rated six for, remember? Was it six yeah. in the end? I, th- oh, I think it was. Right, yeah. okay. tough, yeah. tough critic. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. rated it. Yeah, oh well, yeah, because we joked that you gave Uncharted a higher rating than the Batman, which I think is interesting. But yes, people, we have now done our uh, reviews. We have now done our initial thoughts of the movie. We've given you our ratings for this section, for the non-spoiler section. So if you'd like to head off, make sure you go watch this film and maybe come back and listen to the spoiler section where we get into a nice 20, maybe 30-minute discussion on these spoilers for this film. So we are now going to forewarn you. You now have five seconds to leave. You have five seconds to leave. Four... Three, two, one. What the fuck was this film about, people? Jesus <laughs> Christ, this film is fucking weird. Hot it's about dogs everything, f- Nate. Everything. Yeah. And everywhere. And fuck, fucking mustard and ketchup squirting out, like, <laughs> squirting out people's fingers when they're yeah. sexually aroused. And, like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I mean, like, talk about, like, ketchup bukkake. It's ridiculous. It's, like... Uh... Dogs as weapons. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's why I was trying to make yes. the point. Like, take over everything on it. Uh, there's five minutes where they were just rocks. Oh my god, <laughs> I was dying. Like, was I think that they might have had that bit silent. Well, it works, but also deliberately so that everyone could just hear everyone else just losing it in the theater. Yeah. I, uh, I think the bit that got me was uh, the the Ratatouille offshoot, the Raccoonie. Yeah, that yeah. was insane. Like, cause I that guy I I saw in Glee when it used to be on. Harry Shum Jr. Uh, like, uh, right. Yeah, and the fact that later on in that movie, she he controls her with, you know, that's a weird world in itself. But yeah, so what we'll do is people will go through the cast itself and what we feel about each cast member. And then we'll go through the general plot of the movie and then we'll give a nice little roundup at the end and what we, general thoughts. 
So let's start from Michelle Yeoh as the main titular character, Evelyn Kwan Wong, who is a dissatisfied and overwhelmed laundry on Matt owner. How did we feel about Michelle Yeoh in this film? Well, she was brilliant, fantastic. Yeah, very strong. Uh, very strong. Uh, she's playing a lot of different roles. Um, or vers- Yeah, just a lot of, a, a lot of um, flexibility in acting there, definitely. Yeah, as I said, I, I already said I really liked um, her performance and her character. Just, I feel like she's just a really unique, you know, character from what we see in films lately. So it was really refreshing to see something different, and just seeing her kind of go from this like overworked, like distressed, you know, uh, mother who's just trying to make, you know, keep this family together to this like insane badass who fights with you know not only really amazing skills but also just all these elements of literal randomness and then kind of converting that later into um what she said she'll fight with love or something yeah really really yeah 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 Yeah. uh yeah minus force yeah i i thought i love the fact that she she is initially portraying the worst version of herself that that's what this film is about and i like the fact that the movie doesn't end with her version either it ends with the one just above that really i didn't yeah. catch that yeah so obviously you know in the movie it's um we have her save her daughter obviously within the spoiler section are people uh but it's where it's obviously them talking at the end at the laundromat uh and i believe that was the case that there was the the decision the branch tree that was the one just off the the worst timeline essentially and i think i think that's how it played out how they jumped between them I, I I think Michelle Yeoh is brilliant. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how this film was originally written for Jackie Chan, and then it, it was it was written it was shifted mm. for Michelle Yeoh. I think it's the much better decision, in my in my opinion, yes. because yeah, I think yeah, because uh, I don't know if it would have been a father daughter story or a father son story, but I think this film has a lot of heart, and it, she definitely brings the majority of it, and she gives an amazing performance. Uh, really glad we all felt about that. Moving on to the uh, daughter, though, and also the main villain, Joy Wang slash the Jobu Topaki. Uh, she is incredible in this film. And when she first appears as the villain fully, it's insane, that corridor sequence. Yeah, and just the, the immense level of randomness of, of those scenes. It's just, it's it's highlights what a film you know, the crazy place the film goes into. That's like changes you know, various items into other items. Completely changes reality. Mm. It, it, it does show with her character, especially, I think, the switching of the, the universes. This film yeah. had, I believe correctly, had a $25 million budget. A24 really know how to use their budgets. Really do. And this just goes to show mm. you don't need to have a $300 million budget to do this sort of film. But yeah, no, she was brilliant. I thought she brought a hell of a lot of emotion to this movie. And... You know, just to be heard by her mother, I think that was like one of the main takeaways. And one of the things I liked about her character is that, you know, you say she's the villain, but really, um, it's not really a villain. It's more like she's just stuck in this like impossible situation. And what she needed to pull her out of it was someone to kind of relate to and also to have the support of her family. So, um, yeah, just it was really nice to see that take on it. So I think the villain aspect is the case of because I know the vi- the villain or the version of herself was putting all the worst actions onto that character within the film, like the other version of herself. So she was having the worst qualities pushed upon her, the worst the worst universities pushed on her, which caused issue stress. But I I, lo- I love the uh, the girlfriend in the film as well. I thought she was funny. The little part she had. I love how you know this film 
some people might go into this film and say it's woke, you know, trying to push agenda. It, it fucking ain't in this film. It's just it's just coming to accept a mother and a daughter, and I feel I don't know how you guys feel about that because I, I do feel like you know it doesn't ha- it doesn't push any of that agenda at all in this film. It's it, it pushes. It's got a lot of heart. Film thought it was really good. So it's got some. I mean, I I I I I don't care about salt white stuff. I mean, look, film films are films are films, and they're meant to be able to explore uh, completely different aspects of a human condition. Um, if you don't like a film for what it's exploring, then you know, just look at something else. Yeah, no, definitely agree. And you know, I love, I do love how to start the film. You know. It does start off with her not um, saying that her daughter has a girlfriend and everything. And by the end of the film, you know, she she just she does learn to accept her daughter for all she is, flaws and all, and not pushing her own flaws on her daughter. Because that's another part of the story. It's a case of, you know, she wanted her daughter to not be her. But in essence, that put too much pressure on the daughter and it pushed her away. And I do I do love that aspect of the film. Uh, going on to the father figure, though, uh, Kihu Kwan. Uh, played by uh, uh, who played Waymond Wang, uh, playing her husband. Obviously, do you know what this guy was famous for in the eighties? Yes, I, 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 only because I literally looked it up after you mentioned that. So uh... okay, yeah, fair enough. But uh, he played short round in the Indiana Jones and Temple of Dune, and he was Richard Data Wang in The Goonies. Oh. And uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, this man here, he actually dropped off of acting uh, quite. Uh, between 1998 and 2018. Um, he actually was a stunt coordinator for the X-Men movie, which I thought was... Uh, I'm just reading this on Wikipedia now. Uh, but he was actually inspired by the success of Crazy Rich Agents to return to acting in 2018. Uh, and uh, this is actually going off Wikipedia. The Daniels, the directors, began casting for this film, and they struggled to cast the actor for um, Wayne, Wayman Wang, who would appear as three separate characters in the film. Uh, and they stumbled upon him on Twitter, and after getting in contact with a talent agent... Uh, Quan received a call for the audition. After landing the role of Wayman Wang, uh, Quan received a supporting role in the Netflix film Finding Ohana. And then, uh, yeah, he then went on to um, appear in this movie. He's also appeared in a couple of other films. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed him in this movie. I love the fact that he played different versions of himself, the confidence in it. And I, I, I love how this act... I, I'm hoping, like, not just him, but also another actor I really loved from the 80s, Rick Moranis. I'm hoping he might have a resurgence in the future as well. But the, the, going going back to uh, going back to uh, Kihu though, uh, I thought he, I thought he was brilliant in this film. I love the fact that you know during this film you think he, half for half of this film he wants to get a divorce from the the wife and everything, and it turns out no, he just wants to use it as a a tool to just go to therapy essentially as, as a you know, and he he is the he is he's kind of like the true heart of this film. He's the one who's been keep it trying to keep this family together and trying to keep levity within this movie and okay let me phrase that he's not the true heart of the film but he has the, he has the he brings the light to the film he, he like he tries to bring the light as much as he can to this film and really tries to keep everyone together and tries to keep everyone happy especially with all those googly eyes and goes into the bit that Chaz really loved that rock sequence yeah i think um he he is the heart well one of the hearts of the movie and um something that stood out to me about his performance was how well he portrayed the different versions of himself. Um, you know, just like the, I don't know, the, the body language and just like the, you know, very efficient movements he would be doing when he was first being taken over. That was um, really impressive. Um, but then, yeah, towards the end of the movie, you start to see, you know, some of the positive aspects of um, the original dad, the original dad's character. So yeah, again, really good performance. 
Yeah, no, I I, I highly recommend. I'm really looking forward to seeing why he does this. I know he's going to be in a Disney Plus TV show called um, a TV adaptation of a property called American Born Chinese. Uh, I'm not fully read into this myself, but he seems to be having a good resurgence uh, now in our later days. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing where he goes, to be honest. Uh, moving on, though, obviously we had James, James Hong as the uh, father figure in the movie. I really thought he was hilarious in the parts he was in. Uh, James Hong is just an amazing actor in himself. I believe he's credited with having a mega ton of screen roles. So I believe he's got like over 193 screen roles um, within cinema, which is ridiculous um i'm just yeah james huang uh, james i'm just gonna just gonna google now because i actually want to confirm this james hong uh movie roles currently looking at imdb uh actor 453 credits oh, oh wow okay with that's one a lot two more. three four five six films currently in post-production i mean that's just ridiculous and he was in blade runner as well as hannibal chu uh so yeah, that that is, and I believe he only just got his uh, star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame uh, this year. So that's uh, Walk of Fame. Look at putting work in. Jeez. Yeah. So yeah. So this year he was the oldest person to receive his Hollywood Walk of Fame at ninety-three. Gosh. Yeah. This is how long it took him to get a star there, and I think that's ridiculous. It takes that long. He doesn't. He doesn't feel ninety-three, even no, though he's playing someone that. super old in the film. He's been he's been perpetually old for like. How many other years, you know, we, we've yeah. seen him in films, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I thought, I, I, and going off the, I, I thought he was great. Of the final, uh, you know, character rating, I sort of like the main-ish cast to a degree is Jamie Lee Curtis. I thought she was great in this film. I loved, I loved the, uh, the, you know, the, the dual aspect of the IRS agent and then like, you know, how she became this psychotic character in one part of the movie and beat the living shit into both the main actors. And she was sort of like the Terminator in one part, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Just the most mad like character in terms of what ends up happening to her, which role she plays. That was yeah, just insane. Yeah, definitely. Again, you know the stapling of the forehead and everything. Yeah, and also how you know she she's in a a loving relationship with Michelle Yeoh in one of the universes in the Hot Dog Universe, the hot which dog are universe. Yeah, and, that was interesting. And they play they use that because apes killed off um the ha the human hand version of the <laughs> the primates back in the day so the hot dog fingered primates survived i thought that was hilarious how That's they another bit i was dying at as well that was also 2001 space odyssey reference yeah. oh that's I'm, i don't think i've fully seen that film all the way through so but the fact that like they use their feet to play piano and that that the hot dog universe did that it was so fucking weird so weird it's so great though but yeah um just 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 like going off of the uh the few other small characters though i'm just reading uh something here though do you guys know randy newman the name rings a bell the composer I... for disney pixar films oh yes yeah yes I so do. turns out he's in this movie and he, and he was and he was actually in a very funny part for me he is in an uncredited role as Rakakuni. Randy oh. Newman does the voice of Rakakuni in this movie. That's nice. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. And the Daniels, the directors, are both in this movie as well, as one as the district manager, and then one as an accredited man who gets sucked into the bagel. And we're actually going to get onto the main plot line of this film now with uh, the bagel element of like sucking in all realities, essentially, or, or essentially trying to make everything quiet and finally, you know, at ease for the um, for the. You, we say villain, but uh, Joy Wang, played by Stephanie Hsu. Yeah, this this film in itself, I think 
narrative wise i love the fact that they split it up into three parts i i was kind of interested how the third part came like three four minutes before the end of the film yeah i actually i actually almost fell for the fake ending at the end of part oh one. yeah i forgot it was I, I i forgot it was so long before it said since it said part one but i i felt yeah and it was like this is a bit of a strange ending but i suppose it's the ending the edits the credits are rolling and then the whole fake out that actually no this is in the separate universe without watching the film um oh and it, yeah that 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 was that was a great fake ending i thought it was a great fake out so uh, yeah i like that it feels like it's pulling back from the screen that you're watching into the cinema that you're in it it feels like that i don't know if that's because i was on the imax or not um but yeah, uh, to be honest, like as mad as this film was, I feel like, you know, having her just vom everywhere and then die doesn't it doesn't seem that out. Of place. Yeah, it didn't seem, it, yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a good ending. But um, since it was a fake ending, um, it works. And it was. Uh, yeah, it was... Well, I've, I've seen a few A24 films and they have very fucked up endings. So I was like, if they're going to pull this shit out, and because this is a two hour, 40 minute film, um, you know, oh, sorry, two hour, 20 minute film. You know, that could have been an hour and a half in the film and they could have easily, you know, ended that there. You're talking about the runtime. One thing I did want to say was that um, you said two hours 20. Uh, it definitely felt at least that long. I think that maybe it felt longer and normally that's a bad thing. But I think maybe in this case, it's just, as I keep saying, so packed and so dense that um, I think it makes sense that it feels very long. I, For me, it didn't overstay its welcome, but I've read a few people who felt like it did. I so we actually went to get me uh Ferguson James to see this film. Um, but it's the first film in like a few years I've been able to just sit through the entire film and I go not going to the bathroom because I think I was so glued to the film because going off the pacing, I think you mentioned it before, it, it doesn't stop. Like it, it it just continues. And I think it's a good aspect in the film because it just continues, but you never you're never lost within the film. Like you go, you you're jumping between these universes also how they have to skip between the universe or, or, or sorry, not skip between the universe, how they have to pull the skills from the people's other use, like the paper cutting, the finger cutting, you know, between the fingers or eating chap, eating chapstick or, you know, peeing yourself. And, you know, it's just so fucked up, but hilarious. And that yeah. final, that final fight scene where she's, you know, BDSM and, you know, just all the different, all the different random things that they put. I, I, I love how just a BDSM is just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a plot point within this film. It, it's just, also, yes. yeah, it's just so, so good. And going back to the, um, the outfits though, as Fergus mentioned, I love how the universe with the Alphaverse, I think it's probably the Alphaverse where um, Joy's from, uh, Stephanie Husu's or the Joe, the Jobu Topaki, like it's all white. Like it's, it's it's all it feels like all the you know the all the universes have cut have merged into one because obviously all colors go into one turn into white if I'm correct and all add the absence of colors black, so it's really interesting to see how the visual aspect of that and I love how when it goes to the rock universe which Chaz loved it was just you know two rocks no nothing you know they weren't I'm gonna have to sit here they weren't stuck between a rock and a hard place. Uh, it was it was just a nice calm environment, and I love how at the end of this film, the rock is the rock world. I believe it's correct where she lets her go. Basically, the whole point of this movie is like the the, the mother coming to terms of like has so much grip on her daughter within this film, and having her do so much that it's it's, it's having so much grip on her has pushed her away. 
And the main plot of this film is you've just got to let your daughter live her life. You've just got to let her go and live her life. And it basically allows her to do this. And I'm not going to lie, when they went over the cliff, I kind of wanted a, and I will always love you. I kind of wanted that to play when uh, when she went over the cliff. I also like, though, that, you know, the mum kind of came to that realisation. And then she sort of had another thought and was like, but you weren't exactly the perfect daughter either, you know. Yeah. It just all feeds into this kind of dysfunctional family dynamic, which rings throughout the film. Yeah, no, I, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly the point. I, uh, I do, I do love that aspect, and I, I love how, like, at the end of the film, you know, she she kind of has a mental breakdown at, towards the end of the film. But then, when everything comes together, like, I, I kind of would like would have liked to seen how their life was afterwards, like everything had occurred, uh, except that extremely close you know that all at once sequence in part three where you know uh evelyn and Waylon seem like they're back you know back in love now you know it's a really good relationship again and with the daughter but would have been nice to see a bit more i loved that um evelyn said to the girlfriend becky you need to grow your hair i thought that was a lovely little line within the film you know just the acceptance within that line i thought that was really hilarious to be honest and yeah i am but yeah, just going off the final pressures though of this film, there's so much to talk about in this film that within a podcast. We could do an entire like hour and a half podcast in itself. But I think like wrapping up our thoughts though, fucked up film in the very best way. Clean is one of the cleanest narratives for a multiverse film I could ever say. Jumping between universes was was cleanly described in this film. Like the whole the whole branching element. It does go into the branching aspect of like you know. Every decision has a butterfly effect and each butterfly effect creates an alternate universe, which I thought was hilarious how they went into that. The cast was amazing. Uh, I thought they all portrayed it extremely well. I thought uh, Michelle Yeoh and Stephanie Sue, especially though, um, you know, the jawling aspects of those characters. And, you know, Kihu Kwan, uh, to a lesser degree, he's not as in many as many universes as the two main actresses. I thought, you know, this movie was just brilliant, to be honest. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, and that's why that's why I gave it a 9 out of 10. And I really loved how this film ended. And I think this is what I love how most, a lot of A24 films don't have a happy ending or they have like a, you know, a very dark ending. I like how this film had a hopeful ending. And I definitely could watch this film again. Maybe not quite soon, but I could definitely watch it again. Thinking about the ending, um, it was interesting how they kind of implied at the end that she still didn't quite have the attention in that universe because she still had all of this you know nothing was really resolved i suppose she still had all these multiverses running through her head um and you know they're still human at the end of the day even though they have these these crazy multiverse spanning abilities and i guess it was interesting to me to see how they used like the family to kind of anchor them to just to those certain points in those universes you know rather than just spiraling and just getting lost in it yeah, no, definitely agree. Definitely agree. I, I, I did love that aspect as well. I really, I really did love that aspect. And going off of James's point, I did love the fake ending. That did, ca- that really did catch me for a few seconds. Really did. I was sitting there going, "Well, fuck. Okay, then. That I was not what I was expecting, but okay." I thought they would. I thought she would die and stay dead. But I thought they would just yeah. jump through another universe and then. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then just sort of reset it there. Oh, oh, oh. I, I, I was just concurring. After we jumped to a movie theatre, I, I, I kind of initially thought, okay, that's going to be the new protagonist. But um, but yeah, you're right. But yeah, went back but to the new original one. When it comes to the top films of the year, though, this is definitely going to be, I think this is going to definitely be in my top five at least. You know, I think or could definitely be a good contender just because that's the fun aspect. But I think 
it's it this is a tough competition because this film in itself is just stunning and i really do high rec- highly recommend people and that's why i give it a nine out of ten so any wrap ra- any wrap-up thoughts guys just one um i can't wait for the blu-ray so i can watch some kind of behind the scenes stuff because i it I feel like that'll be really interesting for this movie I'm kind of hoping that with the digital release of this film, they do the behind-the-scenes extras as well for this. I'm really hoping that's the case. Yeah, it needs to be more movies like that. I, I, that's one of the things I miss about kind of old Blu- Blu-rays and DVDs. They don't release as many bonus features, it feels like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's. I think this is definitely one that people need to watch So at least once. So It's um, definitely worth a watch. It's a very unique film. Yeah, agreed. Uh, definitely a must-watch. Um... If you can't find it in the cinemas, I'm sure it'll be out by Christmas, um, if not before. Well, I know, I think it's going to be on streaming quite soon, actually. Like, I think in America, at least. And I think hopefully it'll be like 45, 50 days. So hopefully when it's eventually on there, people can do that. Speaking of cinema, just quickly, I did see it in IMAX. And I would recommend trying to see it because, um, as with most visually stunning movies uh it's there's a lot to see with it within imax and yeah definitely worth it so if you can see it in a cinema and try to see it in imax i definitely recommend seeing the cinema people um and definitely see it quite soon as well because with top gun coming out uh this friday which i i'm probably gonna see i'm still not seeing the original top gun myself but i'm really looking forward to that movie i'm really looking forward to see where it goes but yeah no definitely go see this film the cast is amazing um the visual stunning it just goes to show a budget of 25 million just goes elsewhere a24 are absolutely kidding i'd love to see some a24 tv series like what they could do with a tv series you I know see more of their movies now yeah a24 individual streaming service i oh god no do you know what more. <laughs> no i yeah that would be insane i think to be honest with you Chaz, i think you probably have i mean like oh wait sorry a24 has produced uh euphoria so they have produced some TV shows. So, yeah, I mean, they have done a lot of films, to be honest. I mean, if I go from their filmography, like, which is ridiculous. So they have done like, you know, um, just scrolling through now, A Most Violent Year, uh, which is a Oscar Isaac film. Uh, I'm just trying to just trying to scroll through now because I think they had a Ex, Ex Machina. They did. Uh, they have also done The, the Vitch. Uh, they've also done The Green Knight, The Lobster um they've also done moonlight uh i believe i believe i don't think they did the lighthouse i think that was a different company but uh yeah no they've done so many different films and um yeah i just highly recommend oh they've also done midsummer that was it as well they've done midsummer oh yeah no they did do the lighthouse sorry it's produced by a24 so yeah they've done some amazing stuff um yeah and i highly 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 recommend it people will definitely go watch this at the cinema so yes people that was our spoiler section review for our for the movie everything everywhere all at once same as our thoughts were kind of everything everywhere all at once which i think is really awesome but yes people i'm really glad you came along with us today i'd like to thank Chaz ferguson uh james for joining me again today yeah it's been good thanks for having me yeah thank you really glad i got to talk about this film yeah really glad you, we could as well but yes people that is the end of the podcast if you'd like to uh give us any comments queries or compliments please feel free to email us at nmipodcast at outlook.com that's nmipodcast.outlook.com. Uh, please look for our socials. Uh, you can just go to Linktree uh, just by searching NMICast or searching us on Twitter and Instagram at NMICast. 
Uh, please follow us on Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud by searching NMI dash when you need about info. That's NMI dash when you need about info. Well, that's once again. Email us at NMI at NMI podcast at outlook.com. If you've got any questions, queries, any thoughts about this episode, any topics that you maybe like us to cover. Uh, I've been your host, Nate. Uh, we will see you again next week. Stay safe, everyone. Keep safe. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.